Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, the podcast where two comedians talk like experts on subjects they are not experts on. Uh, this is the first podcast where I'm actually joined by Jordan for 2022. Uh, he was away for a couple of weeks and we had my good friend Alex fill in. So thank you, Alex. Jordan is- Good on you, Alex. He's a, he's a good guy, Alex. Great comedian. If you don't follow him, make sure you go and follow him. Uh, this podcast is very proudly sponsored by Crush Organics CBD Oil. I've moved on to the gummies. They're great because you know exactly how much uh, CBD oil you're getting in those gummies. So I take two gummies a night. Really relaxes me. And I think you should too. So go to crushorganics.com, use the code NEIL for 40% off, and they have a huge range of CBD oil products. They've got pain cream. They've got CBD oil products for pets. If you haven't used the oil before, uh, make sure you just start off with two to three drops, wait a couple of hours, see how you go. Uh, but everyone's using it. Get on it, crushorganics.com, use the code NEIL. I have shows every week in Sydney, so come see me if you're uh, in Sydney. Regardless of whether you've had the uh, Rona or not, just come along. Don't be a coward. And I also have monthly shows in Melbourne, the first one being February 6th. So come along if you're in Sydney or Melbourne, and hopefully by the end of this year, I'll also have some regular shows all across the country. Jordan, do you have any shows going on in the moment? No, I don't. I've got shows coming up in February, apparently. What do you mean, apparently? I don't know. I, I mean... I don't know what's happening tomorrow. I just remember someone dimly saying February, you got your new show done. And that's why for the entire month of January, I'm putting out barely any content because I realize that's only a month away and I don't know my lines. Is this the uh, Julius Caesar show? This is the Julius Caesar one. It is an epic in itself. Mm. Uh, it's that amazing, I'm- but like I'm, I'm calling it now. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of my own show. So, are you, are you insinuating that you weren't necessarily a big fan of other shows that you've done? No, I'm done with them. How many times, by the time you've put something to stage, mm-hmm. are you a fan of what you've done? You've done it a thousand times. It's like, look, Toy Story is a great movie. I'm not six. I can't watch it that many times. How many shows do you think it takes till you get sick of it? <sighs> You know what I think it is? I think it's when you're on stage and there's a joke that you know is going to get a cheap laugh and you're just like, here it comes, here it comes. Yeah, no appreciation for the artistry, you know. There's other jokes in there that you're very proud of and they get the <laughs> And I think that that's the point when you've deciphered between those two that You've done the show too many times. And that means the show's just about to begin. You know, you've probably got another eight months left of the tour at that point. It's like, look, Cats the Musical. How many times could you perform that before you got tired of introducing yourself as Sir Whiskers or whatever his name was? (laughs) Yeah, I I imagine it's so long you can be a human cat and still feel good about your life. (laughs) No. And similarly, like there's only so long ships. we can be human clowns and still feel good about good. our lives. Yes. I'm telling you, the patience is wearing thin. I think that's the only reason you, you add the economics lectures to your shows. Just just to kind of virtue signal, I'm not a clown. <laughs> I'm more than a jester for you people. There's more of me to a line, you know. 
But that's all they want to come see. Just me say the Liberal government, out they go, best 40 bucks they ever spent. You know, that'd be a good show. Just uh, an hour of you saying the Liberal government and, and progressively <laughs> getting more and more intense. <laughs> Each time elicits a more intense cheer as well. The avant garde absurdist rendition of Friendly Geordies. Holy breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> it is arty. Yeah, there's actually just a tat. There's, there's eight people all dressed in theatre blacks. <laughs> Ominous eyeshadow just saying the liberal government. The liberal government. The liberal government. <laughs> just one of those shitty year nine drama performances. Oh. You know, you read about you Brecht me and you think you're a fucking masterclass actor. So bad, wasn't it? This, this is what we didn't understand back then. Uh, just because it's absurdist doesn't mean that you can't get away from the fact that it's not good. You just had this thing of like, maybe if we just put it over the teacher's head, um, we'll get good marks. And we did get good marks. Yeah, but, you but we shouldn't have gotten good marks. We were dealing with drama teachers who would have thought, oh, it's, I don't get it. That means it's good. So, it, we, the trick worked. Yeah. That's what happened. Holy it worked for it my worked. high school drama. I'm really disappointed with the New South Wales drama faculty, I have to say. Why is every year 12 group piece, it's, it's what you said. It's just that. Every yeah, year. it's just BuzzFeed articles uh, on stage. Uh, well, I remember I went to On Stage, which is a showcase of the best uh, HSC <laughs> yes. drama performances. HSC, the, the, the New South Wales, ATAR, whatever the hell you want to call it. Mm. And all of them were um, from private schools and they were all doing some form of virtue signalling. No. There was uh, a, a girls' private school that were acting as uh, women in Afghanistan where, you know, <sighs> oh, man ripped my hijab off. And, <laughs> oh, no. And they made a big thing about it. No, actually, one. the one, the best was a guy from um, Scots <laughs> College who was pretending to be the demon inside of Lee Harvey Oswald's mind. That was actually <laughs> great. That was really, really clever. All the rest sucked. <laughs> That one was really good. He's like, oh, you got to shoot the guy. Come on, man. Like, it was so good. But uh, everything else, garbage. Did he make that up, though? Or was that just his individual performance and he stole a monologue from somewhere? Oh, I don't know how uh, authentic and original it was, but it was good. Nonetheless, it was entertaining. It was I think really that good. is the case. The individual performances, every now and then you get something where you're like, yeah, that's just stand-up. I can sit through that. Mm. I've never seen a group performance that I've been remotely entertained by. Let's move you back here. You're Nor too, could you're I too mark big, them. bro. You're coming out of the frame. There we Gains? go. Yeah, gains, bro. Got big over the holidays. <laughs> Tell you what it is. This is this is all I've added to my workout routine. Uh, doing a hundred push-ups a day. And who'd have Ooh, guessed? Yeah, it it actually is getting gains. Who'd have thought that there's better exercises than um, ones aimed at housewives that are straight to DVD? But here we are, especially not doing any weights, just doing those so, uh, stupid. Yeah, oh, there yeah. you go. He's got some, he's <laughs> got some pecs. <laughs> he's got some pecs going there. Not bad. Yeah, it really, look. We've got to get you on the bench. Oh, no, I don't want to get to that. I don't want to have get that 1920s body that's all big with zoomers at the moment. It's just gone back again. You know the, you know that one with the little handlebar moustache, the shaved head, wearing like a 20s lifeguard 
red and white striped body. It's yeah, so where round. That, where does it's that so come round. from? The what? handlebar moustache and the bald head and, and in that kind of sailor outfit. I don't know. The guy but who everyone would get knows drunk with the sailors and, and you know, the, the protagonist of any story would first uh, fight that guy and win. <laughs> and then all the girls would be like, oh, who's that man? Yes. Does that actually intrigue? For the 10 uh, female listeners, is that actually a turn on or is that a Hollywood thing? The, the little guy that you think is, uh, you know, diminutive and unassuming actually beats up the brute. <laughs> and then does that actually turn you on? You, oh, who's that mysterious fellow? Yes. And I'll go further. Does a guy beating up another guy turn you on? Yeah. And be honest. Which We're prodding for a yes here, aren't we? Because I, I, I know, <laughs> look, every guy, when the girl says, no, it doesn't turn us on at all. Every guy's like, nah, but come on. Like a little bit, come on. Like surely you'll get a little bit wet, eh? <laughs> like seeing another bloke just just fully punch on, just fucking knock some cunt's head off. <laughs> surely you'd like, you know, there'd, there'd be a bit of liquid there, you know? Such a man's mind. Yeah. The We're male, so the male into gaze. watching two guys beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Most exciting day of high school, the concept of a fight. That never really materialised because <laughs> the deputy principal always somehow knew about it. Oh, how he had eyes and ears on that. What were the uh, fights like at, at, at your school? I remember one in particular where uh, actually I kind of instigated it. Because Legend. someone was, it was a handball fight, of course. And <laughs> <laughs> someone was picking on me and then my bully friend started picking on him and then his bully friend started picking on my bully friend and then our really? two bully friends actually fought and then later that that day at recess the the other bully friend came up to me he's like yeah where's your friend now you fucking little dog hey where's your friend now so Did not fight me just was pushing me around a bit uh your nemesis bully lost against your Bodyguard. Yeah, my bodyguard won that one. Your that bodyguard guy won. was a good that I'm so glad I was friends with that guy. Uh I think I've mentioned on this podcast, he's since been on RBT <laughs> featured. Well, <laughs> that, that was very expected. Yeah, yeah. Kind of stayed on path. Hey, he he blew over, right? Oh, way over. <laughs> way over. <laughs> and, 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 way. <laughs> not even the guy, not even. I, I don't know what it was. Not even ridiculous. in the real. No, bro. Should have lost like, his license outright. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, it was like jail time. That's how far over he was, I think. All right. And um, yeah. You got to admire good the gusto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is good times. Mm. I wonder if he has his license now. How long ago was this? RBT has been going a long time. It's the Simpsons of Australia. I think uh this would have been quite a while ago we're, we're talking like six seven eight years ago we, he was at nineteen twenty. He was not that old so maybe he does maybe he's turned his life around it really is the only time that you get that maggoted behind the car because there's something that develops when you're 25 of maybe i should be in the realm where i can at least lie to the cop and say i've had two in the last hour but before that it just i don't know you're just an idiot at 19. There's no other way of describing it. You're just dumb. Yep. You're dumb and full of cum. You're dumb, drunk, you're dumb full, of full of cum. cum. You are. You really are. And, uh, you know, society used to uh, utilize that male energy and now they don't. Now they utilize it to- Now porn companies utilize it to make massive profits. 
Yeah, they just empty out the cum part. So you're just young and dumb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now men have gone from being- Sand little chicken They nuggets. used to be young, dumb, full of cum, and now they're just young, young and, and dumb. Young and dumb, which actually also explains why they don't have the same initiative that they used to have because that cum was the initiative. <laughs> You got nothing. You take away the calm, you take away the drive. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You definitely do. Yeah. The uh, French call it the silent, uh, no, sorry, the little death for a reason. What's the little death? Masturbation. (laughs) Isn't that a great nerve? What do they call it? Isn't that great? Yeah. I don't know. Death. (laughs) 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 You know, when you're trying to speak French, you just throw a few English words in there, but with a French accent. Mm hmm. Uh, I'm well accustomed with that trick. Je m'appelle Nicolas Gar et uh, je suis good. <laughs> <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> I really, I, I'm a big fan of the French accent. I've got to say. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to incorporate it's it into a new stand-up accent. bit. Well, yeah. what is it? Uh, it's about how. This is a, this is a good bit. Okay, this is this is you, you you're hearing the real bare bones skeleton ideas of something that will hopefully become a major part of my uh, my stand up set. So it's about how uh, when women do their hair routine, it's like a French chef trying to uh, impress the master chef. You put a little bit of garnier, coconut, and tresemme, Moroccan oil, and you add the dove, hydrating milk, and you simmer in the hot water for 20 minutes. Look, I like where this is going, actually. This is a a good comparison. I do like this concept. Yeah. Because I've never thought about that before. But holy shit, there is a lot of French shampoos. Why? Oh, no, it makes a lot of sense because it's just the girliest... Uh, civilization <laughs> on earth, <laughs> isn't it? Well, so enamored with beauty and aesthetics. Right now it is. It wasn't in the revolution. That was pretty, That you know, there was a lot of beheadings. They let yeah, they were blood. a lot dirtier. Than, but you know what, actually? They're pretty dirty now. I saw this. Uh, go on. I was just going to say, I'm actually listening to this audio, but how wanky is it? Listening to, uh, I don't know if it's Adam Smith. It's one of the famous English conservatives. And it's his uh, reflections on the revolutions in France. Yes. And his whole take is basically, look, I'm all for liberalism. But did it have to be such a brutish and inhumane (laughs) liberalism? Did you really have to overthrow the monarchy? The monarchy here in England is fabulous. It does wonders for us. It allows men to have a moral compass. And did you really need to rid yourselves of the church? (laughs) But don't get me wrong. The liberalism is great. But, oh, the killing. That's basically it. <laughs> and he's not wrong. I mean, that was when England was the pussy country and France was the... Well, they weren't. They the definitely weren't one. in the Middle Ages either. They were brute Viking-like people. Oh, yeah. The, when they went from Gaul to France, that was... Yeah, that transition. Franks. When they were Franks, they were psychos. I mean, they scared the Muslims, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> That's saying something. <laughs> the people that behead you if you draw a cartoon, if they were like, oh, I, I, can, I am scared of them. But that's... <laughs> I know. And they're still, and they're still scaring them. Who? The French. The French, just the French in a much still more, In them. a much pussier way, just with cartoons. <laughs> they are scaring them. You're right. 
It, it is kind of that full circle thing of there's two ways to scare someone. It's either like physical force or it's to do something that's so like uh, lewd, I suppose, that you're kind of like creeped out and moved back. And I suppose that that's what they're doing with pictures of Muhammad. <laughs> Speaking creeping of that, him out. I heard a guy, there's a, there's a comedian I know who uh, these three uh, big Lebanese guys were trying to fight him. And yes. so his strategy was, he's like, yeah, you guys want to go? You boys want to go? And then he, he'd just take his pants down and his underpants down and just be like, yeah, let's fucking go, boys. And they were like, <laughs> what, what the fuck? And then they'd run away. <laughs> and it worked. Oh, my God. He's so right. Oh, okay. Spread the message far and wide. I forgot about this. Leb lads are massive homophobes. That's how you get out of it. You pull your pants down, spit in your hand and jack off. That's how you do it. He's right though. Yeah, it's you like just the, use your cock as a rifle. You know that uh, that what the Sasha Baron Cohen show where he was like um, that Israeli general and he got that like redneck politician from America. And he was like, I, I can't do the accent he does there. Is, it, I don't know how he can, it, I don't know how to do that Israeli accent. But uh, uh, he's basically saying, okay, to fight the terrorists, you need, there is one thing they are scared of. They are scared of the homosexuals. <laughs> and so <laughs> he was pretending to have this guy with a, with a gun to his head. And then the, the politician was like um, told to like bite the guy's dick. And then, and then he's got the like fake dick in his mouth. He's like, "Drop your weapon, drop it, or I'll suck it." Holy and shit! And guy's like, "Okay, you win." And that guy got fired. So that's you, the American version of you, bro. You got this. These multiple politicians fired from this one satirical show. It's brilliant. <laughs> Who is America? That one. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I've got to get around to doing it. I just thought that it was the same thing as everything. Everything just became too political. And as somebody who made a career out of being too political, it's just gone too political. I, I don't know. I, I like It was the same thing with also watching the Borat one as well. I'm a bit tense about it because I think it'll be like Zoolander 2. It wasn't as good as the first. But to be fair, nothing will top the first Borat. That, That's true. I think that may be my favourite movie of all time. Definitely my favourite comedy movie. So... I went into it knowing I had really high expectations, but knowing that I had high expectations, I thought, well, I'm probably going to be disappointed no matter what. So as a result, I kind of had low expectations. Anyway, I've got to stop being such an overthinking cunt, but <laughs> I liked it. Oh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, All right, uh, so number one gets a 10. What does number two get? You know, a solid seven and a half. Okay, well, look, that's fine. I, I should stop being such a wimp about it and watch. Yeah. Seven out of seven it's, and a half out of ten movie in this day and age. It, it's is a ten out of ten. It's worth the watch. Okay. Mm. Isn't it just amazing? I don't know what happened here. It's probably the fact that there's just so much content available now, and so all of it is just diluted and crap. But I really do think that that's a real sign of our times is the only thing that really motivates anyone to go to the cinema anymore is nostalgia. When else would you go? I went to watch The Matrix 4. I've heard that if was, there was garbage. A and it was. What's so bad? How can you make it that bad? You just do the same shit, right? Keanu going into the, the fucking computers or whatever the fuck. Like, <laughs> how can it be that bad? And, you know, 
well, you know what? I think that this is the conspiracy theory anyway. Uh, whatever her name is, uh, she was pissed off that Warner Brothers kind of forced her to do a fourth Matrix. As in the, the director? Yeah. And so she deliberately made it awful <laughs> to kind of just kill the franchise. Ooh. But, but I don't a, know if it's happening. That was brainchild, the, the twins who are now... Whatever, you know, they, they're both women, aren't they? They're both women now. Yeah. Well, that, no, they always were. They always were. Right. Uh, and... They just weren't brave enough to come out <laughs> yet. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, when everyone's like, oh, you're so brave, you're living your truth. Yeah, well, what you're saying you? is that means the people who aren't coming out are not brave. So if you're listening and, you you know, you I think that. I'm a woman, but I haven't come out yet. Well, you're a, you're a pussy. You're a pansy. You're not, you're not brave. You're a woman. Come on, be brave. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they both. They were, all I know from them recently. Oh, I saw a movie they did. Um relatively recently which was supposed to be a satire of hollywood and i can't I've, I've completely forgotten what it was called for the but it was one of those real artsy film ones that i didn't understand what was going on the critics loved it uh but i've completely i think it had ben affleck in it and would have come out maybe four five six years ago something like that um anyway I don't have my laptop with me. What a shame. That's awkward. That is a shame because I wouldn't mind watching that <laughs> and seeing if they make any films apart from The Matrix 1 that aren't confusing. I thought Matrix 2 and Matrix 3, then again, I was like 12 when they came out. Um, but I, I was not a fan of them. Certainly not a fan of The Matrix 4. And I can't remember any of the other films. But I think that every single time that I watch it, it's kind of just like it's this strange mesh of extremely boring dialogue mm. mixed in with ever-diminishingly less impressive action scenes that are more and more just a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just, I don't know, it's yeah. just a bit... I just think action is done. I'm not impressed by action at all anymore. You really... We've seen it all now, you know. Now... If like there's if the action is more impressive in a racka racka video, your budget's useless. And so for the most true. part, the action is more impressive in, in a racka racka video. It is. So you know if what are you doing with your hundred million? <laughs> paying Keanu? I don't know. I think that's what you're doing, right? Probably paying off the fucking molesters who produced the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that that's included in the budget, definitely. That's a good fifth. But it's definitely not going into effects anymore. They've, it's a green. How much does a green screen cost? Two hundred bucks. They've topped out. I have a fucking green screen. You can I get know. them for a hundred bucks on um, Amazon. You could probably get them for ten bucks on Alibaba and make some <laughs> yeah. kid who has hashtag entrepreneur in his bio a millionaire. <laughs> so <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> get get him laid. I really don't know what's going on there. You're right. Because I think the budget for this one was eighty million dollars. And I think that somebody, I think Racka Racka could have done it for 20 grand. And I think that they, they probably could, could have, have written a better movie as well. It would have been way funnier. Way funnier. And Ronald McDonald. Imagine the crossover of Ronald McDonald being in the Matrix. Oh, that'd be sick. That would, I would be, be mad. Yes. I would be a big fan of that. Them dragging out that halo suit they always use. Yeah. 
look, the crossover of the season. It'd definitely be better than... Look, the one thing that they did, again, it was kind of... It was a commentary on Warner Brothers, but it was... They were parodying what it was like talking to all of the millennial suits, talking about what made the Matrix to begin with. And I think that that was pretty much a big sorry for the next two hours that you were going to endure. Wait, wait, wait. So, how meta was it? How did they do that? How did they parody that? Because he was back in the Matrix or another Matrix. Or I, I honestly tuned out. I, I forgot what he was actually doing. But he created a video game based off the memories that he had when he was out of the Matrix. And it was just this thing that took the world by storm. It was a three-part video game series. It created this huge skyscraper that he was, you know, basically co-CEO of. Um, and, yeah, then they just said that – and they weren't even shy about it. They said that Warner Brothers has come out and made them make another video game. And then they're just sitting around with a bunch of people sitting there just being like, so, you, you know what I really liked about the original Matrix? I liked how original it was, and I liked how it blew my mind. So, we've got to make sure that the next one blows our fucking minds. And it's just like, and so this was well, how are you supposed to do that? Was this a sketch outside of the movie? This no, was, this, oh, was this was in part of the, the movie. movie. This was the first half hour of it, probably. Wait, wait, wait. So, they're making a commentary about the... The suits at Warner Brother Brothers about how they're trying to ruin the legacy of the Matrix, which, to be fair, these twins have signed. I'm sure they've signed a contract to do this. So, look, you did that. But they're kind of... <laughs> and, and then the suits would have seen that in the first cut of the film and be like, I like this. This is really meta. Cause I just don't think they give a fuck. I think that it's just uh -huh. Warner Brothers at this point has realised the only thing that gets bums on seats anymore is nostalgia bait of some capacity. It's either going to yeah. be superhero movies, which is nostalgia bait for the comic fans. It's just going to be another Matrix, some book turned into a movie. That's all they've got anymore. So, if they have to deal with an extremely bratty director taking deliberate pot shots at them, they need to make that budget somehow. They're running out of options. Like, what other Sad. franchises can they keep going? Like, just Terminator's up to, like, Terminator 7 at this point. It's all the jokes that we thought would never really happen that have come to materialise. They've come home to roost. Like, everything's getting into that, like, Rocky 6 territory, isn't it? <laughs> Anything remotely successful. Let's just chuck out another five of those. I saw Snowpiercer the other day. Brilliant film from the guy that did Parasite. It's just about the world freezes over and there's this train that keeps just turning around this extremely long circuit that goes across the globe at kinetic energy speed that keeps everybody inside it warm. And there's only 3,000 people left alive and there's, you know, okay. people in the, in the economy class want to get up to the first class and so they have these violent revolutions to try and get to the no. front. And <laughs> so on the nose now. They're just, they've got to spell everything. Who are they trying to appeal to? Like 13-year-olds? What? Oh, that, that's so smart. Yeah, they're so smart it's so angle. Obvious. It's so obvious. But like it was, what was great about it has just got his flair to it is that it was just insane. Like it was, yeah, and, okay. and, and the thing is, it was literally a runaway train of a movie. Like it just moved okay. so fast that all the plot hole pieces you didn't give a fuck about just kept going. 
Oh, they're too self-referential. <laughs> they're, they're, that's like that Rick and Morty episode where they're on the train and it's a device of the train, oh, whatever the fuck. Like, I don't know. Even being high, I was like, I mean, oh, I, I, fuck this. Really? Yeah. This is season four, is it? It would have been season uh, four, I think, yeah. Three haven't or watched, four. Haven't watched. So it's getting a bit... No, no, no. The, it was the season before the most recent one, I think. Uh-huh. And it was um, it was generally a good season. I didn't like the train episode. I mean, it's still good, but it was just too. It's just too much. It was like a this inside of a this inside of a. This. I mean, it's their style, but not a fan. Can't remember it. Probably haven't seen it. But go on. What did you think of? Uh, have you seen that Netflix movie? Don't look up. Yes. Everyone hated that. I did not. I thought it was great. Everyone hated it. I've heard yeah. mixed reviews. I've heard uh, the critics hated it. But uh, everyone else really loved it. Is that right? Yeah, because the critics were like, it's too forced. It's too, the characters were over the top. It wasn't a good film. And then everyone else was like, don't you care about climate change? And that's not what a critic's supposed to do. (laughs) It's a film, they're a film critic. Don't weaponize this existential crisis that we're all facing. They have to do their job. But I just don't agree. I thought that all the characters in it were great. They were all funny. I liked it. I thought it was really funny. And it, it, there was moments in it where the jokes snuck up on you. And I find that really rare these days. I'm always thinking, oh, okay, here it is. And yeah, there's the punchline. There we go. That was pretty expected. Yeah. Look at this. I think because a lot of it was ad-libbed, there oh, was moments it? in there that was just, yeah, they catch you off guard. I thought uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Leo were really good. Kate Blanchett was was good. Those two hosts were really good. I thought Seth, uh, not what's it, the fa- uh, Jonah Hill was kind of cringe. Yeah, young that Seth. That kind of yeah, the like awkward humor. It's like, all right, we get it. You you speak in a way that someone who works at the White House is not supposed to speak. Yeah, and it's the same character as was in Superbad. Yeah, all as is char- all. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's really got a wide range. The funny, fat, awkward guy. <laughs> truly is the uh, look i didn't think that he like destroyed the movie or anything though like i get what no, you're saying i get what you're saying that, like yeah that, that awkward 2010 style of talking uh the judd apatow the judd apatow. judd apatow dialogue oh my god it's so true Which it's just, just a no character dialogue. from this is 40 yeah. plonked in yeah whatever like it was fine it was uh, i don't I really don't have a bad thing to say about that film. I really don't understand why everyone else didn't. And the other thing is, I really like it when uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is in these comedic films. I think that I, I just like watching his characters. It's kind of just it, all media sort of delves into one thing now. There's no magic behind the silver screen, or is that TV? Whatever. The point is the big screen. <laughs> There's no magic behind it. No, not at all, man. It was that was because that was the only outlet. Once a once a week, once a month, you went to this. Uh, you saw this giant screen, the new latest movie with the new with the you know the the superstars that you've only seen on talk shows, and now, you know they're you know they're all sex pests. <laughs> yeah, they all they've either fucked Harvey Weinstein or been raped by him, which I don't know why. I'm like, ah, oh, kind of really takes away the glamour, and. They're all weird, Holly weird, you know. 
you know, when Ben Shapiro is destroying your entire industry every day on YouTube, it takes away the glamour, man. It really does, when doesn't the, it? When this- an autistic little Jew can just be like, well, this is why Hollywood is disgusting. <laughs> yes. It just, you know, it doesn't have the magic to the silver screen anymore. <laughs> and also just so many snarky voices, Ben Shapiro included, saying, here's everything wrong with the new Star Wars franchise. It's, yeah. it's just there's so much criticism before you even see the thing. So, it's just demolished <laughs> yeah. in every way. Yeah, well. And all and like now when you're watching it, you're kind of like, yeah, okay, there's more money than this and there isn't a YouTube skit. But it's still at the end of the day is just people talking. And they yeah, might yeah, be yeah. better actors than people that are acting at YouTube skits. But again, you see that Barely. not by much, not yeah. by much. Not by and much. it's the same when you go and watch one of those cringe Instagram pages about uh, people trying to make like a mainstream song, like Catatonic Youths. And then there's all these people doing raps and all these people doing rock songs. And you just realize like, yeah, okay, again, they're a little bit worse than say Megadeth if they're trying to do heavy metal. But they're not that much worse. Like, you go back and you listen to Megadeth and you're like, it's pretty on par. Yeah, we, we, we've criticised everything to the point of no magic left. Nothing. Nothing left. Everything is being criticised on TikTok. That's why- and That's all TikTok is. It's just a for you page of just, criti- just constant criticism. Really? Yeah, bro. Just criticism of certain types of people- Criticism of those types of people trying to be those types of people. It's just a lot of uh, sassy, snarky character acting. And like I do it. <laughs> it's half my career. But, you know, everyone's doing it. Bro. How did that change so quickly? I don't say this every podcast, but uh, I was in high school, what, 10 years ago. No one wanted to make content. No one ever thought about picking up a phone and making a video. And, and now, just in 10 years, everyone wants to do it. I suppose That's because bizarre. it's available and it's there and it's, dude, it's just there. It's it's like that's all they ever consume. That's all they ever see. So, of course, that's what you want to do. It's a, What else is pumped into your head? Bro, it's like a misandrist app now. Like the amount of man hate on that app. Well, that's really interesting because just TikTok a couple everything. of years back was- the place to go to for relief from the misandry. Oh, it's definitely not that anymore. Really? Well, where the fuck yeah. are they now? Isaac uh, Butterfield, that's they're, it. They're here. <laughs> they're here. listening to this. I don't know. I'll purposely put out videos that I know will piss a lot of girls off on TikTok because I know they'll comment and then it'll go in the For You page. Mm, mm, and uh, mm. look... Do you get comments? Do you get that really shit, speaking of crap green screen, the really shit green screen with the girl just pausing the video and going like, okay, so the first thing I'd like to say is, why the fuck do you even care? Like, literally, how did it even affect your life? Does that, do people I'm, do that to your videos? I'm sure I have. I don't look, I, the, 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 the last thing I'll ever want to do is look at the mentions on TikTok. I'm sure they have. And I don't want to know about it. No one sent me anyone who's duetted or stitched my video because I know what it's going to be. It would be like that. It would be some, wow, typical. I just can't even like, okay, where do I even begin with this guy? 
So you've completely gotten this wrong. You've completely it's just this snarky takedowns. Constant snarky takedowns. What I hate about it is that there is an art to snark. And I'm sorry, but if you're 16, you ain't got that art. You haven't Not yet. put in the years for the skill. So all you have is that. I can't. I just can't. Oh my God, did you just say that? That's literally what racists say. You're just copying other people. Jesus, we're down that spiral now. You're copying other people being snarky. Yeah. Scary stuff. I don't know where you go from here, but it's just this endless teardown. And then brands are like, yeah, do you want to spruik Kellogg's? <laughs> that's how they sell their product and that's how the system works, man. Well, I wonder where you go from here. Well, the metaverse. I actually wanted to talk about that. The metaverse, bro. Who's fucked the metaverse, bro? It's the future, man. Well, <laughs> enlighten me. I don't know anything about it. I don't know too much about it either, but okay, what? A couple of months ago, uh, Facebook had been copying a lot of heat from the American mainstream media and they're always cowards that bow down to that, even though they're way bigger and they don't need to. But they're now just shadow banning everyone left, right and center. Their terms of service are a disaster. Uh, I'm, I've mentioned this on podcasts. So I can't get money on Facebook anymore because of my Taliban sketch. And I know people who were just trying to promote, dude, my manager, who also manages uh, the UFC guys, was trying to mo- uh, promote a UFC fight and Facebook deleted his advertiser privileges because he was promoting violence. Bro, he's promoting a UFC fight. What is he expected to do? <laughs> what? I How retarded know. is that? I don't know. How do you get out of that conundrum? Yeah. How are you supposed to let people know that two people are going to kill each other in a cage? It's um, <laughs> it's beyond the joke. I know. So he's now lost his uh, advertiser privileges. And anyway, there were this. There was some um, whistleblower, which was just a lady who worked at Facebook and released some documents, like just you know, truly on par with Julian Assange here, and. <laughs> She uh, just revealed that Facebook are aware of uh, some of the negative mental health outcomes uh, that Instagram is, you know, promulgating among young teenage girls specifically. And uh, they also don't do everything they possibly can to, you know, ameliorate against hate speech, which is, again, as we know, this broad nebulous term that can be weaponized selectively to suit ideological aims. But all this heat was in the press, so then they rebranded and became Meta, and Facebook is now part of Meta, and their direction now is to transition into the metaverse, which is essentially virtual reality. So they're looking to uh, really be at the forefront of VR technology, and they're talking about things like uh, virtual classrooms, virtual workspaces. Look, we're on that path anyway. Uh with the pandemic and with Zoom and half the work done remotely, all that will change is people will put on their Oculus 10 in five years and they'll actually be in a workspace with their uh, peers and they'll feel like they're actually there. And I'm sure Elon will also have his Neuralink into everyone and whatever, the f- everyone will be connected to the fucking 5G. And 
<laughs> I just wonder how much that is going to change the world because I think the biggest one that I can't help but think of is just that geography is no longer a confining factor in, in, in any aspect. So first of all, we may not even be traveling for shows because if they can perfect the VR technology uh, where wherein we can just put a virtual camera at any of our shows, people can pay 20 bucks with their Ethereum or whatever the fuck, put on their Oculus and feel like they're actually at the show. So there'll be no need to travel. Won't your eyes really hurt in the future? Won't they be really tired all the time? I'm surprised they're not already. How How aren't they already? How is everyone not blind? The screen's pointed at us now, right Mm. now. I don't know. But it seems like the next level to just have... Essentially, two light bulbs this close to your eyes all the time, just for work, just for work, staring into two lights. I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, that can't I think be I'd, good. You know what would be probably better? Going to work. Just a thought. <laughs> You're not wrong, eh? <laughs> and then doing all these driverless cars and, uh, you know, thinking about how we can improve our transport when no one's going to need transport anymore. Everyone's going to live at home. Everyone's going to work from home. They're going to order all their food from Amazon drones. Eventually, there'll be food shortages, though, and everyone's the most people are going to die. And fuck, I don't know. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. Well, you just get virtual food delivered to you and you get the sensation of eating something while you starve. I don't know about that. But uh, it, look, nutrition technology in 20 years, who knows what that's going to look like. Maybe they will finally have that magic pill that'll just- In you go. It'll give you all your vitamins and your calories and everything you, you need based on your BMI and then that's it. And then somehow that may be a good thing because then we won't need agriculture anymore and maybe then that will actually save the planet. But I'm um, skeptical of that. And- I'm already thinking about trying to experiment with like a 360 VR camera. I was kind of talking to Eliza about this, but, uh, you know, I don't think it's that far away. I think once they put 5G everywhere and they, you know, do another two, three years worth of VR headset models, I think, um, you know, virtual comedy shows will be a very real thing. And then not to mention that this whole metaverse thing, someone will just buy out some real estate in the metaverse and start their own virtual comedy room. And people will be like lizards in there or whatever the fuck, I don't know. And you go in there and you just watch comedians perform as though it's live, but it's in this real life chat room. It might be, yeah, because, uh, you know, you're just not confined by so many other limiting factors. I just transport geography... Uh, having to pay all the other venue staff and you just get to organize this free-for-all comedy room that also how are we going to uh, police the metaverse is there going to actually be a big brother that is listening in on everyone's conversations within the media that's 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 scary but it's inevitable it's inevitable but also what crimes could really be committed there apart from fraud can't kill someone in the metaverse. Ah, mm. oh, maybe you can. What do mm. I know? Yeah, I don't I barely no, know yeah, this thing yeah, exists. Can you? If you keep them in the metaverse so long that they forget to eat them, eat themselves. Ah, uh, sorry, they forget to eat <laughs> eat themselves. Uh, damn. What you think it's going to get to that point where it's so realistic that there'll just be a 
little notification that comes up and just being like human battery low and that means that you have to have launch maybe anything's possible yeah i really don't like it i really don't like the metaverse i don't like any technological you don't like tiktok though i don't like tiktok and you were the guy that made a career on YouTube, the new transformative technology of the time. Mm-hmm. Yet now you're like, nah, I don't like all this new stuff. Mostly because I couldn't make the transition. But also... <laughs> it's also- never too late. <laughs> yeah, look, I, look if, I, if I focused on it, I could probably crack the code, which I think is just getting the shit green screen and then being like, okay, so did this woman that said that to me... It's pretty cringe, I've got to say. I've got to start off by saying it's extremely cringe. Um... But I okay, think I- that the next year, you, you, no, can, you, go, you may, you, you may. go, you, you finish. It's just, look, with the TikTok thing, I'm going to do a video on this and patent pending. But I think that it might be a little bit more fucked purely because of how short it is and how instant the role is. And what I'm seeing from Gen Z is kids that I knew just a couple of years before, before they were on the the talk. Before that, they were smarter than I am. Now they're way dumber and they have that worldview that you were just saying before. Whereas before their worldview was very Jordan Peterson-y, now their worldview is very, this is cringe, yikes, delete this, am I going to get cancelled? Right. Uh, did you did you know how oppressed I am? Because the other day... The, 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 oppressed, that's the new word. That's yeah. the new hip word. You know what I've noticed? You know what I've noticed? I used to always think... I used to always think that type of woman, it was misandry. I think misandry is misplaced. Yes, there is definitely a lot of that to it. But you know what it is? I think they like fantasizing that they're a victim. That's the real motivator there. They like living in the parallel universe where they are just like some kind of medieval peasant. Damsel in around. I think so. That wants the real red pill here, but uh, wants daddy government to come and save them. <laughs> the government the government has replaced the strong alpha husband. <laughs> so now the government provides child support and provides care and security to women when it used to be the man. The government has castrated men. And there is a certain truth to all of that. There's a certain truth to that. I mean, it's a that's also a pretty toxic online space. What? Are there like manosphere, alpha, red pill, whatever the fuck you want to call it? Yeah, because it's all just an extension of like not being able to look outside of your immediate worldview, isn't it? And how much worse is the metaverse going to make all of that? People will just be existing in their own little chat rooms that are being monitored by the Facebook servers, which will probably just be AI by then and picking up on certain ways. You know, they'll be in bed with the liberals because there'd be some under the table deals that I'm sure are going on. And so- There'll be some sort of you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Hey, if 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 the servers pick up the word friendly Geordies, we got to shut down that server. We got to shut down that part of the metaverse. Hey, if if the servers pick up the word union, we've, we're we're going to monitor that. We're going to figure out who's there, and we're going to uh, you know create some sort of drama around the person trying to instigate this coup or whatever it may be. Mm. That's that's where we're heading. Mm. I can't see how we wouldn't be heading there. (laughs) 
you can't not, can you? So much easier to be uh, to live in a digital totalitarian state when the technology exists for um, the bureaucracy to to listen in on every single conversation that's being had and Ma- pick up on words. Imagine if you get shut out of the metaverse. You're banished. They could do it. Yeah, and then you have to live in the real world. And you have to live oh, in no. the real world. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose you just become this sort of uncontacted tribe. Because most of the people, most of your jobs would be done by the metaverse, yeah? Man, like you're I just know, saying man. then, like, there'd be I'll- no need for ushers, there'd be no need for venue holders. Do you think they'd, they'd be able to just automate everything? And and so all that's left is just the 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 human beings in the metaverse either consuming whatever's given to them and the wealth holders at the top that uh, control the metaverse and and all the technology that has just automated everything. I'm talking about all the food supply, uh, all the just structural engineering supply of the the metaverse itself, of the, the the connections and the technology, and then and the energy, and that can all just be motivated. That'll all just be you know drones or AI doing it in 20, 30, 40 years, which is not really that unrealistic. No. And then every other it, it I'm sure every fucking podcast ever, everywhere has made this point, but it actually will be the matrix. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, um, hey, we hooked in and And just making life way too easy as well. Even though life is already way too easy, but say with that stand up venue. Getting to the point where, oh, I only sold 20 tickets, but this venue holds 2,000. Okay, well, we'll just make the rest of them bots and they'll just laugh at that. Oh, I can't sell any tickets because I suck. Okay, well, we'll make the entire venue just filled with bots. That's a new frontier, isn't it? When you're not even sure which which avatar is a human and which is not. Which one is a computer? And again, I mean, that's every, that's 50% of it, all sci-fi plots, but- we're not that far from it because no. in that metaverse, everyone's an avatar. So, uh, you can create, you can, wow. So, then like like you're talking about with uh, what they do with the Murdoch press, they won't actually deliberately and very clearly silence the dissent that's occurring in these, uh, y- you know, uh, revolutionary rooms. What they'll do is they'll put a lot of bots in there. They, they can sense who's turning against the leader who might have a bit of qualms with the direction that the revolutionaries are going in. And so what they'll do is they'll put a a bunch of bots around that, uh, you know, potential usurper and, and then they'll encourage, they'll know that person's life, everything that makes them tick. They'll know the algorithm, what they listen to, what fucking porn they like. And they'll, and they'll, and they'll create these computer generated avatars uh, that are just, I don't know, some combination of like, a little bit of their favourite uh, uh, political theorist that also has a little bit of Riley Reid without the person actually realising, but there'll be just these maniacal behavioural economists that can mould together these uh, avatars that are that are just astutely capable of turning this other potential revolutionary's mind and uh, divining and conquering this potential revolution that was going to take place to overthrow the 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 bureaucratic meta the bureaucracy of the metaverse. There you go. There's another oh, man. sci-fi so plot. No need for spies anymore either. 
They're done. No, just nerds creating the... Per- Fuck, man, you could be a bot. Could be you a could bot. Be- <laughs> Maybe I'm a bot. Maybe I'm a computer-generated bot that secretly uh, was designed to meet you to try and, like, turn you away from... Uh, criticizing the liberals <laughs> like slowly over 20 years they've designed me maybe we're already yeah, in the metaverse a couple of good things yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and maybe they've just somehow ingrained the illusion of consciousness in me and then i look back through my memories and then someone's just say they're, they're not real this didn't happen <laughs> it happened i was six years old i went to the beach <laughs> <laughs> what did you picture at the beach? There was two sons. Su- <gasps> there were two sons. <laughs> There's no beach with two sons. <laughs> I'm a bot. I'm an NPC. <laughs> I wonder if they, they they would have to get to that point. If you were going to make bots that were able to trick other people, they would have to trick themselves into thinking that they're people. Oh, fuck. Then you get really... You go down a real, you know, 18-year-old smoking weed rabbit hole there. Man, what if we're all bots? <laughs> we wouldn't know because if they put consciousness in the bots, we, w- we wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And then what is a robot? Whoa, follow her. Oh, Do you think- fuck, she didn't fuck. fuck me, bro. No, no, no. Would life be better, though? What, if you're just blissfully unaware of you being a robot? Yeah, and you just have this best friend that, uh, you know, never, ever lets you down and a woman that looks exactly like the image that you have in your head to a T. Yeah, and then you get out of that world and then you come back into this one and everything kind of sucks. Yeah, maybe life would be... I can't see how it wouldn't be better. Why wouldn't you want to? All the movies are like, I'm sick of living a lie. Bro, some, the illusion is probably good. Probably. Like the Matrix would actually probably be some powerful computers allowing you to live in your fantasy. Or what if to really keep the humans going on their treadmill, they don't actually. We, we think, oh, if we lived in this fantasy world, they'd make it this fantasy. But no, they actually want to instill the illusion of meaning and suffering into all humans because they've figured out that's how humans are best distracted by uh, putting them in this kind of treadmill where they think, oh, I'm living a meaningful life and I am suffering. And, you know, the whole self-help world is just this constructed illusion to keep human beings (laughs) feeling like they're living a meaningful life. But they're just on the treadmill. Yeah, they're just on the treadmill, bro. It's all all a construct. (sighs) You would probably have to include that in it at some point. It'd be like playing a computer game that's too easy. You know when you play Mario now? Yeah. They want to make life just hard enough. You need, Yeah, you need to up the mode to like medium at least. That's where people would want to be, isn't it? Medium. Yeah, feel like when they- You want to die a few times on the level before you figure it out. Yeah, you want to feel like you've actually achieved something. Mm. So if you were this- uh, powerful ai trying to control humans you would you would give them the illusion that they're overcoming adversity and that they're achieving things and bettering themselves when that's all just set up because like who actually i mean the things that we're talking about now you can sort of do them as in like Uh, you you can live in like second life or the sims or 
You know, like there's there's countless computer sure. games that people lose themselves in. Yeah, that's probably my biggest um, point of scepticism of the narrative where everyone's going to be in the metaverse. All these sorts of things have existed to some degree. I mean, this will be quite unparalleled. The technology will be extraordinarily compelling and realistic, but Second Life has existed for a long time. And in fact, coming full circle, I remember in year nine, in uh, not just drama, state drama, we uh, the, were discussing about what we wanted to do our major piece about. So basically state drama is just the, the nerdiest drama kids from New South Wales public schools coming together and just, um, you know, having a great time. Don't get me wrong. Those were some of the best afternoons of my school life. But, yep, it's exactly what you'd expect when it's a bunch of, uh, the you know, the top high-achieving drama kids of all pu- public schools, though. So, mm, mm, mm. yeah, we came together and we were – I remember this would have been 2007 or eight, and that's when Second Life had – uh, I, I don't know if that's when it started, but uh, it, it was generating some bars. Yeah, it was making headlines, and there are some people who are just living this alternate life um, in this computer game slash program. And our whole 10-minute uh, piece, ensemble piece, was all about how uh, do you want to be free or do you want to be trapped? Do you want to feel like you're free in a much harder world or do you want to be trapped in the fake world and, and we were like mm, we're so we're so smart we're, oh, yeah, we're, like, we're, yeah, we're, we're so deep year man. 12 from like, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it never really came to well that idea where everyone's just gonna live in second life never truly came to fruition having said that if you want to a lot of people are slowly uh starting to live virtually in the sense that now there's just a lot of, well, particularly men who have basically replaced a, a real-life girlfriend with a, you know, with an OnlyFans, you, you could call it a girlfriend. I mean, the it is a sort of, that's a transactional relationship where a man is paying and the girl is offering, uh, you know, physical, well, digital physical affection of sorts, but also... Uh, emotional intimacy that's the big reason why a lot of men actually pay for OnlyFans when they can get Pornhub for free the girl based on how much you pay her will say things the like yeah oh, you what did you get to, what did you do today what did you get up to that's so amazing like I'm so glad I'm talking to you basically give them a girlfriend experience and what a scummy interaction yeah it's sad isn't it but I'll tell you what else as well this is what it is you know another sad thing uh, there's a guy that I know who uh, was going to get married and then that fell through. Ooh. And now, I found this out the other day, has an online girlfriend, one that you make from scratch. Oh, oh, what? And I saw a picture of her the other day and she looks exactly like her his ex-wife. And so he is having, that's really what's happening right now. He is having a relationship with a computer program that is just a nicer version of his wife that has all the bugs ironed out and just sits there and like, no matter what he says that day, just, um, I didn't do anything today. That's awesome. You're doing so well at life. I uh, had a big fight with my mom. She was probably in the wrong, you know. (laughs) 
Do I know? Do I know this guy? Uh, no, no, you don't. Okay, okay. And it's best you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair. But uh, yeah, that means that. Oh, it's it's it is happening. It is happening. That is an option for you. You don't have to get back on the saddle anymore. You can stay on the ground. Just draw a picture of who pushed you off. Oh, that's sad, bro. That's, Isn't it sad? I, I can't even make fun of that. That's just sad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That poor guy. No interaction with other women for a year. Is he, you know, is there? does he have some sort of social impediment or is he just... I don't know. Like, what's his issue, do you think? Or is there an issue or is he just completely lacking um, confidence? I think that's what happens sometimes. It's like if someone dies or you have heartbreak, for a long time you get very upset. And then I think after a while that kind of just lapses into like a a general malaise of depression. (sighs) And I think it's just easier. This is this is the problem, right? This is what I'm saying. Had that not been an option, he would have no option but to go out and at least go on Tinder or something. But let's even take that out of the equation yeah. because, again, Tinder's making things too easy. When well, I started out, all I had was the technology of pickup. And it's such an outdated thing now. It's like, yeah. why would you read a pickup book? Go on Tinder. No, you don't need it. It was hey. the same thing as like when 16-year-olds say to me now, oh, you bought a book? Why don't you just look that stuff up on the net? It's for free. It's just like because you're giving yourself like a picture of things that you didn't know existed. Whereas with you, it's just things that have just like immediately in the stretch of your reality that you're like, oh, okay, I know a little bit about that. All right, that's enough. I don't need to know any more about that. You know? Like, everything's just become way too just this. And so, there's no challenge. There is no challenge. I mean, think about that. We're getting pretty close to that. Oh, my wife left me. All right. I don't have to have any self-reflection at all. I can just build an Android wife um, and make her nice to me and uh, soothe all of my problems. Oh, rough. Rough. So, look- Second life wasn't appealing enough, really. But let's just remember this. We're living in the prototype era. It's a really scary thought to think about that no human beings have ever been exposed to what we've been exposed to. No human beings before have ever been exposed to this much content, constant bombardment, constant uh, screens everywhere that you look, constantly vying for your attention constant pornography, constant free pornography. Like even in the 80s, at least, it was like you had to shamefully go into the news agency and go into the sealed section. To watch you know? the adult film. Yeah. <laughs> Jack off with the other guys there. <laughs> I know. Jesus I don't, I don't think I could go that far. I think. Jesus. I think. Yeah. yeah like I'd, I'd at least golf. just skimp out and spend the extra five bucks for a rub and tug, you know, like. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. I Why don't know. That would have been such a better option. Maybe they didn't exist. Maybe that's a new thing. It's the oldest profession. 
Surely someone figured out a Robin sure Toad. There was some. Uh, oh, well, I'm sure there was a brothel or something. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's a brothel. But a Robin Tug really is. You can convince yourself that you're not going to a brothel if you go there easily. I think that all the time. I'm always just like, look, if I, I've said this to my girlfriend as well. It's, it's such a gray area asking them. Ask your girlfriend to see what they say. I was like, if I went and got a rub and tug, like, am I getting a massage or have I cheated on you? And like, even her response is kind of like, God, it, it's hard to answer because <laughs> like it's it's so close. <laughs> It's so, like you're massaging the cock. <laughs> it seems like yeah, it's just a waste yeah. going to get a massage yeah, yeah, bro, without but it. Then, and they're okay. cheaper, I think. Would you, if your girlfriend went to some like uh, Swiss masseuse, or fr- let's make him French because I want to come back to the French accent. <laughs> and then just, you know, 20 minutes in, like, would you like the special service? <laughs> and then, you know. Uh, I don't think women would be turned on in that situation. Could be wrong. I mean, he's French. You know what? Maybe they are. Maybe. And then he ends with a happy ending. He uh, it's will, a little uh, finger bang. I will. Uh, yeah. Je uh, suis <laughs> going to finger bang. You would you think that's cheating? No, personally, I wouldn't. I can see the argument for why that is because it's just you, you have to be upfront about this, ladies. It's just a more intimate act. They're going inside. The rub and tug is just, it's just this. It's just this. It's relieving the tension in the muscle there. That is what is happening to your dick. But with true fingering someone, it's a, it's a surgical operation. <laughs> what if it was just a clit rub? Yeah, that's a nice flick of the bean. That's definitely massage territory, surely. So, you would say, so if your girlfriend had a French masseuse slash uh, male rub and tug where he ended by flicking the bean, Mm. you would say, oh, that's not cheating. I wouldn't see it as, especially, this is the other thing as well. (laughs) If it just kind of like is halfway through and it's just sort of assumed that it's happening, you know, like- (laughs) Because I hear this happens a lot of times. <laughs> well, guys say that this happens when they go to a rub and tug. What, where they just, they they're just like, strictly oh, I say thought it. it was a massage and now I'm getting waked off. So I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> whenever I went, it was uh, sometimes they asked, but they always, you know, <laughs> you want special service? That's what they'd always. Special service. They'd never say, you want me to wank you off? It would just. Well, wank Special you off service is a bit explicit. makes it sound nice. Yes, it does. I get the VIP, VIP treatment. Yeah. 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 I once tried to bargain with one of them. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I was like, what, so it's you how much it for the rub and tug? And okay. then yeah. they're like, oh, you know, $70. And I'm like, mm, I got 55 <laughs> And they're like, no. <laughs> and then eventually I actually got it. For 55 Yeah. She's I mean, like, look, it's still, it's still... You know, for what? 10 minutes work max, you know? It's fine. What was... How... Uh, how old was she? Uh, if, look, it's hard to tell because I'm sure working at one of those establishments would age you dramatically. Fuck! But um, I would have guessed late 20s, early 30s. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I always thought that you'd go into those rub and tugs... And there'd be a lot of Thai women in there that are in their 50s. 
And oh, nah, you'd bro. also probably want to get a hand job from them because at that point they probably <laughs> jacked off a lot of cocks in their life. Yeah, but they'd, they'd be so aggressive by that age. That's just, it's just like a robot doing it. Like, hey, one there? Okay, go. <laughs> Once I went, when I went to, uh, I actually went to a, um, a sex work institution. And <laughs> the lady, like, my time was nearly up and, like, mid fuck. And she's like, okay, uh, 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 two minutes. Uh, uh. <laughs> fuck! <laughs> like, the pressure. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The, but then I, I basically just took it out and finished myself off because I was like, I don't want, I want to still finish. Probably shouldn't have said that on a podcast, but <laughs> no, I'm a fan. Uh, yeah, it's must listen to TV. No more brand deals coming in. <laughs> very sex positive, guys. This was a you know I don't slut shame. <laughs> you know, actually, that guy that I uh, was talking about, he's been to all the ranks of prostitutes. What do you and mean? He's all, got what pro- are the all the ranks? The, you know. Cheeky pickup on the highway, all the way up to one that was like, yeah, so my uh, previous uh, client was DiCaprio. Not DiCaprio, Dude. but actually, you know, movie stars. Movie Those stars would be fucking them. Really high class ones are very expensive. Yes, they are. I've heard, I've heard uh, from a girl who supposedly worked there as the receptionist. Sure. That's what you would say. Mm hmm. Uh, she was telling me a few stories. <laughs> I can't remember if I've said this on a previous podcast, but I was asking her like, oh, so do some famous men come in? She's like, I cannot say. I'll get sued out of my ass. Mm. But um, she didn't say yes, but she made this head that said yes. And then I said, uh, oh, so do politicians come in? And she's like, um you know, let's just say the stereotype is true. Yes. The stereotype is true. And then I was like asking about specific politicians. And I was like, has this guy going? Has this guy gone in? And then she's like, basically, if he's fat and a politician, he's definitely gone in. (laughs) (laughs) Why are they so into hookers? Why are fat politicians into it? They, um, why wouldn't you be, bro? No, because you know, at least if you're not a, if you've, if you've maintained your body to a reasonable degree, and then you know you're very successful, you're probably charismatic. You're, in, you might be in your forties or fifties, but it, you'd still be very attractive. But if you're just morbidly obese, all of that goes out the window, and mm, so mm. all you've got left is hookers. You can't even. Even the staffers are like, eh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Uh, it would, it would benefit also, my career. Actually, but no. no, now that I'm thinking about it, you <laughs> definitely wouldn't want to have sex with staffers, as a certain other fat politician learned. Um, but like, <laughs> you just—it's such a bad move. It's a terrible move. That's what you're paying for. Is I can't believe it. It's the old thing. I could, sorry, I completely forgot about it. You're paying for the silence. That's oh, really yeah, what yeah, the yeah, charge yeah. is there. Dude, the amount of. Uh, former sex workers that could bring down very powerful people, I'm sure. Um, it's really weird, though, that, like, when you get that kind of name and they could take you down, it's amazing that well, maybe that is the benefit of porn. 
Because, like... Maybe. Don't you reckon, like, rub one out. Just rub one out. Urge I mean, to see a prostitute gone. Yes. You're not wrong. You're not entirely wrong. But for whatever reason, it's a validation thing more than it. You don't want to get your rocks off. You want the validation of actually... You actually kind of want some intimacy, I think. Because there's, there's right. that moment when I was single, the amount of nights I wasted trying to just slide into some to any girl's DMs or on <laughs> Tinder and just to, and it was never going to happen. I mean very rarely does it actually happen. I can name on you know on one hand the amount of time, over the course of being single for a cumulative amount of probably 6 7 years I'll tell you on one hand the amount of times after 11 p.m. when you're kind of drunk trying to get a route from uh, you know, this is excluding people that you may have already hooked up with, but just, a, you know, a random. Maybe that's me. Maybe I got bad game, but it's it's pretty rare, bro. It no, doesn't yeah. really happen. I, I think the only loophole around that is to be a contestant on The Bachelorette. Then you've got your pick of virtually every attractive woman in Australia. For a but other than that, small amount of time. Though. You got your I tiny mean, frame. If you, but who that's remembers a glitch who in the was Matrix. on season one of The Bachelorette? No one. <laughs> that's your pickup line. Oh, it's on uh, season one of The Bachelorette. Actually, no, I know who does. Isaac Butterfield's girlfriend remembers for sure. Why would I think? You, that, why uh, would Claire remember? Because they like. I think they do. I think it's just we don't give a fuck. But I think that people that watched The Bachelorette and Married at First Sight, because remember how she was just like, yeah, 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 here's this person from Married at First Sight who talks to us sometimes. And I was just like, who the fuck is that? And they were like, you paid her out for like a year straight. And I don't fucking remember her name. Yeah, I, I think there's this kind of, there's a v- ever-increasing group of former reality TV contestants in Australia that are still trying to live this celebrity lifestyle and- you know, you've got 20,000 followers on Instagram. Like, you're done. You're now in your 40s because those shows started around, the, you know, the early 2010s. It's You're done. You know, I mean, even let's say season four of, like, the original Big Brother. Like, what are they all doing now? What are they doing? Well, those guys wouldn't have been there for the digital revolution. I think that now... There would be some that can make the transition and just become straight up influencers. Some, some, and they should. If there were any, uh, if they were, if they had half a brain, which they don't, they they're don't. on the Bachelorette. Yeah, but yeah, you'd immediately have a strong social presence after you're on there and try to be a bit. Yeah, instead of this end- endless thing of being like, "Oh, I'm going to try and get on. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here." Why big? Why big? Yeah, that shows beyond the parody. Uh, but <laughs> having said that, if they invited me, who knows? Yeah, I'd do it as well. I would probably but be I'd do their it level for the, they'd uh, go for soon. Uh-huh. Soon They'd have to go for us soon. I heard they actually offered it to, to uh, it was either Frenchie or Isaac, one of them, but then they didn't want to do it. Fucking idiots. You know why I'd want to <laughs> do it? Not really for the exposure because I just don't think that you would get any exposure. No one would really give a fuck that you're on it or not. I think- that it'd just be interesting seeing how a reality show is actually made. How fake is it? That's what I want to know. Pretty want- fake. So most of I it's assume. acting. How can it be acting? They're idiots. Oh no, I don't think it's acting, but uh, there's definitely producers selectively editing 
certain people to present them in a certain light and they film a lot of content and they cut that down to what maybe 40 minutes a day in, mm. with all the ad breaks mm. so y- y- you can really cut things up to uh, promulgate a certain narrative about a person if anything they're doing what the what the murder press is known for they absolutely Putting do that the microscope on certain things yeah to uh, keep people distracted mm-hmm. from the reality mm-hmm. and uh, paint people in a certain light mm-hmm. and create a narrative that people are immersed in that distracts them from their day-to-day living standards slowly deteriorating. <laughs> and they're selling washing machines. So They're kings, I'm telling you that. It like works. The- <laughs> Boy, how do it works? They actually are kingmakers. I mean, I- I'm not going to pretend I'm above that. I uh, watched... Uh, my girlfriend and I watched the first episode of Married at First Sight last year just as a joke. And then I was like, I kind of want to know what happens in the second episode. And then we were fans the whole way through. Yep. It's really addictive, bro. It's the only time a man ever watches Married at First Sight when they have a girlfriend. That's it. And you do get dragged yep. in. Because it has that same... I suppose you're right. It's, it's a narrative. That's what's happening there. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, what else as well? They do that. actually definitely choose the winner at the beginning. It's pretty much just the producers going, I like Claire. Claire's lovely. And then they make her win. Yep. There's an army of uh, daughters of media executives that are working on uh, all these reality shows with mm. Bluetooth earpieces being like, can you, do- can you move here? <laughs> and then- <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be really cool as well to go on and then talk about your experience of behind the cameras because I think the rest of them are always scared. They always hint towards it of, oh, I can't really say, but let's just say that, yeah, there's oh. there's a lot of editing. But it would be nice to give like a very detailed point of reference, you know? Yeah, but I'm sure they've signed uh, plenty of NDAs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, you're probably right. Maybe and there's no escape. It's easy to judge. It's easy to judge. But when that contract's in front of you, look, man, I've been tempted by much uh, cheaper contracts than I'm sure those guys have. Like even Okay, in politics, right, when it's always like, oh, these guys take donations. It's like they shouldn't. I definitely agree they shouldn't. But you sit at that board meeting. When all those Wall Street people are like, here's $400,000 to speak for 20 minutes in front of a bunch of bankers. No, we're not telling you directly what to do, but here you go. And then when you make the policy, just remember that. You say no to that. Well, see, that's the difference. Sure that's easier said than done. Easier said than done. But we're talking about high-flying, you know, powerful people in Washington. When it comes to Australia, it's like five grand. And this is like, what? You, you <laughs> fucking sold out the reef for five grand. Great. <laughs> yeah, bro. If you actually were a tradie for a week, you would have made that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, If you got off your ass and did something constructive, you would have made more money. Wow. So, it actually makes sense when American politicians sell out. But when Australian politicians- No, it's sell- just like you're cunt. Like, what was your thing when it was like, Barilaro- Made the like a certain species of wildlife go extinct for what was a thousand dollars or something? Yeah, ten grand. Ten yeah. grand. He made like seventeen species right. on the endangered list. Twenty-seven, sorry, twenty-seven on the endangered list for ten grand. So, what does that work out to be? 
Less than $500 a pop. What a fucking cunt. You know, it's just like, it's not that much money. <laughs> yeah, it can at least, it, it could be somewhat forgiven if we're talking like a million, which I'm sure is what the American politicians would get. Yeah, see? Because they're be like, selling out for an amount yeah. where, where you sit there and you think like, well, I'm not made of stone, you know? Yeah. But if someone said to me, <laughs> here you go, here's a, a secondhand Ford Fiesta <laughs> to make 27 <laughs> species go extinct. Yeah, it's pretty. You would have to be an awful human being <laughs> to sign that deal, you know? Damn. And I don't even know how much they get on these shows. Like, no, how much do you reckon maths contestants get? A thousand bucks? No, I'm sure they get more than that. I'm sure. Uh, oh, you know what? If they don't have a profile, they don't get much. But then based on the profile that they have, they can get paid a lot. So, I know some of the people on SAS... Uh, which I don't know how long that film's for. I'm assuming a couple of weeks. They the the highest paid was something like two two hundred plus grand, I think, for a couple of weeks. Of for filming. Chappelle Corby. No, I think it was one of the sports stars. I can't remember, but uh, you know, it no ranges way. anywhere between like forty grand to 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 maybe three hundred grand uh, for a couple of weeks of filming. So you know, really good pay. But it's like these people are probably making. I'm assuming have salaries of four or five hundred grand a year. I'm assuming, maybe not. I mean, if you're a famous sports star, you would easily have that and mm -hmm. your endorsement. So it's like, why do you want this? What are you going to do with this extra? Even then, it's like, all right, is that extra two hundred grand really that important? <laughs> what are you going to do? Why are what they are you, doing it? You know, another investment property, really? Like, I mean, at what point are you like right, enough? Enough just, investment properties. Like you've got five. Enough, bro. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you want? Maybe it's self perpetuating. It's like if you're on SAS, it's one of the most watched shows in in the country. So you're just artificially building up your profile, and then when it comes into contract negotiations for the next round of sport, you can say I'm one of the most recognised names in the game. Yeah, that's probably why they do it to sell their products. To sell the book and what? Like, surely with a sports yeah, star, even being a celebrity helps when it comes to contract time. Not even skill. It's just, is your name Ben Barber? Well, not him Well, now. not Ben Barber. Not <laughs> ben Barber. Yeah. You can't pawn really, him off to man, like- you got to take- If you're doing like NRL endorsements, you really got to take some domestic violence insurance. <laughs> like, if, if that's a thing, you've got to do it. Any deal with an NRL player- you, NRMA should start a new uh, insurance deal, which is like, yeah, you want to you want to use this NRL player for your endorsements? Uh, just take out some domestic violence insurance right yes. here, because yes. uh, that would come at a high premium. <laughs> because the amount of brands that I'm sure would have invested in some uh, NRL person being the face of their product, only to have them uh, just do what NRL players do, <laughs> and just. <laughs> Probably should have taken out some insurance there. That's a new white collar scheme that you can, you know. <laughs> that's it's it's actually a sensible insurance policy. Sports. And the other thing as well is you don't controversy insurance. <laughs> what choice do you have? What choice do you have? You pretty much yeah. You you, you by necessity you kind of got to do that now. Yeah. Especially because I don't know how you reach the people that are into NRL. With any other celebrity. Because they, they even they get about. pissed off when the, the NRL players are on. Um, they're like, oh, he's got a fucking wanker. Don't fucking tell me what fridges to sell, cunt. 
mm. soft cunt. Like, they don't, mm. and our mm. old fans are so weird. Like, mm. every comment section, no matter what, oh, fucking, he was a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah, he's also the greatest player of all. He's also Cameron Smith, the greatest player of all time. <laughs> yeah, he's a fucking grub, mate. <laughs> fucking Jacko on the weekends. Wait, fucking got more integrity than that cunt. <sighs> like ever, I've never seen a positive NRL comment section. Are you serious? Never. It's always he's, he's fucking always fucking fucking milk the penalties, eh? <laughs> Just the, anything positive you have to say. <laughs> oh, fucking Paul Gallon, no, he's fucking soft. <laughs> he's, <laughs> grub. That's always he's fucking grub. Grub. They're always saying grub. grub that's grub. the biggest insult. Yep. I've never seen them. Any, any NRL player that gets accolades and is posted about on social media, oh, fucking grub. No. Always. So, oh, my God. Fucking grub. Okay, so, fucking so if someone saves the game with, like, a, a last-second try, that guy's going to get torn down by his own team. Bro, they'll find something to complain. Bro, NRL fans are worse than, like, the most the wokest corner of TikTok in terms of how cynical and complainy they are mm, about everything. Mm, mm. Every comment section. Fucking the ref, fuck. <laughs> just for what? Look, the refs are human. Okay, they're going to fuck up. Like, just relax. <laughs> Enjoy the game that it was. Enjoy the superstars, okay? Oh, fucking Teddy, fucking grab. Yeah, he's also the best player in the game at the Enjoy his tackle breaks. <laughs> nah, he's a fucking grab, mate. Fuck, fucking Jono from the fucking <laughs> Wentworth Wolves <sighs> out in the bush. Should have made it. Really? Is yeah. that what they say? No, I don't know. I'm just assuming that's what they say. But <laughs> enough. Like, it's such a talk. To- that, that is the most toxic environment on the internet. You know what? I kind of have a bit to, like, you know what? Erin Mullen, all right, she shouldn't have been. She's in the wrong. They should never have put her on the footy show. But, like, I will agree. Like, the, the NRL comment sections are the most toxic fucking places. Of ju- <laughs> the shit you see. <laughs> Just, yeah, what the fuck this journalist can say, man? Fuck you. <laughs> there's some good calls, though. There's some funny lines there. Like, there's a good one that was um, whenever a team would lose by a lot, there's like a, <laughs> there's always a top comment. It's like, you're the reason I'm getting bullied at school. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever the dragons, oh, dude, the dragons comment section on Instagram, whenever they lose, is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like for three years, it was like, sack McGregor, McGregs it. <laughs> Get rid of McGregor. And now, and now we've had a new coach for one year. And after like three games, Bring back McGregor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need Paul to save us. Who's <laughs> this comedy way better than we can do? It's the NRL, the Dragons NRL Instagram comment section. <laughs> Is it Dragons especially or do you think it's all of them? No, it's particularly like for whatever reason, Dragons fans are the biggest cunts. And I say that as a Dragons fan. <laughs> They booed their team like a couple of years ago because they lost <laughs> to the Bulldogs. And, they, and it was like this big, they were celebrating a former player, just, just booing them at halftime. He cuts. Oh, fucking. And whatever the coach does, you know, oh, Matt Dufty can't fucking catch the ball. Fucking, he get him out of the team. They <laughs> drop him. Oh, fuck, why'd you drop Matt Dufty, you fucking dogs? <laughs> 
Just <laughs> never happy, never satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that they'd be happy if they won the grand final? <laughs> Do you think they'd find something? <laughs> Only one. Bring back McGregor. <laughs> hey, uh, just out of curiosity, now, should they have sacked McGregor? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was long. It was it was long overdue. But like the the, ugh, I can talk for a while on this. But uh, look, man, <laughs> he showed promise, but mm. uh, never really with the with the roster they had. Uh, it should have been should have had more results, you know. And then there's just these constant late season fade outs. You become so jaded as a fan because the amount of times they're coming first halfway through the season, only to 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 get out of the top eight. It's it's just what 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 are you doing? What went wrong? Mm. And mm, mm. Um, yeah, just was there for seven years. He was at the helm. He made the finals twice, and both. Times it was, you know, seventh and eighth. So, you know, a lot of other coaches would have been sacked a lot earlier. So, I think it's pretty fair. Uh, but then they couldn't, there were no other options. To, there, were, there were no other good coaches. So, they got this guy, Anthony Griffin, who's, look, he's good. He was uh, at Brisbane for a, a long time. And then he was um, at the Panthers for a long time. And, you know, he sort of helped a lot of these young players that have now just recently won the premiership come through. Uh, but then, I don't know, Gus Gould didn't like him because, oh, he, he He's too old school, or whatever the fuck, that, whatever that means. <laughs> and then he got rid of him and brought back the other guy that he fired because his son, uh, he wanted to keep his son at Penrith. And so now, we, yeah, we got Anthony Griffin and, um, yeah, what are they? In Hook we trust. <laughs> I don't know where the nickname Hook comes from, but that's his, that's his nickname. And... Uh, Strange choices, strange off-season choices last year. But then, look, to be fair, they were doing... Look, man, they should have made the eight. And if they didn't have that fucking barbecue where they, like... They were specifically told, hey, we've got restrictions. Don't hang out with each other. Don't have a piss-up. And they went and had a, ma- a piss-up so big that the fucking police <laughs> got called. <laughs> and then they all got banned. <laughs> like, Paul Vaughan's on Fox Sports trying to apologise. And they're like, it's it's like beyond the joke, bro. It's like, and then they've bought all these like old players. I think what he's trying to do is like buy all these older experienced players to bring in these young to, you know, give some uh, uh, experience to the younger kids. Um, But, you know, what does experience in NRL mean? It's like, oh, I've been on a lot of benders, mate. I'll show you a good time. Yeah, what? You know, what are you doing? But... I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know if we'll make the eight, but there are. There's like good young players that will be in our spine in three or four years that are coming up. So, you know, 2026 premiers, the St George Illawarra Dragons. That's that's the that's what you bet on. Anyway, what a fuck, man! Look, <laughs> I honestly think that you should do some kind of thing like Shooter does. I've thought you, do about do- it. You, you really should be doing, I don't know, maybe like twitching commentary games or something like that, commentating yeah, on the like game. I would, but it's like the fucking the NRL fans are the most toxic cunts, like, like I just said. <laughs> but wouldn't that be great? It's just responding. This is something that the commentators that you would have a complete advantage over is heckling them back. 
Yeah, but wouldn't that be tiring. awesome? Then just writing in the Twitch screen. Yeah, but wouldn't it be like, yeah, you're a fat cat, and then oh yeah, he's he's a legend, eh? He's- <laughs> yes. You know what? I used to go. Oh, this is sad. I'll fin- we'll finish the podcast on this story. But uh, I was on um when I was. This would have been maybe year nine, ten, eleven. Massive NRL fan. I was just autistic about the fantasy league. And can you just explain to me what fantasy league is? Oh, it's just some shit that it's like the incels of sport fans basically it's just like overweight divorced dads sitting and like you Ugh. know the virgin 15 year olds oh no sitting there being like mm, yeah, i've got this much in my cap to spend which players do i buy and then based oh. on their performance each week they get a uh, points and so you can win certain prizes if your team gets a lot of points and usually play with your mates and uh you know you uh Whoever wins at the end of the year, I don't know, yeah, yeah drinks on this cunt or whatever the fuck. Right, and, right, um, right, right, right. Okay, so it's not an official thing. It's something no, that like people- You can win. Kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. You can win like the Australian Fox Sports Fantasy or whatever the fuck. But, okay, okay. And you actually can win each round. You actually can make- like you, you'll get like, I don't know, 10 grand or whatever. But- um, Holy shit. So, there's a nerdy NRL. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. And so, uh, I would be on like Yahoo Answers discussing like- Holy shit. Picks for NRL. Really? Yeah. And then and then um, <laughs> I was once uh, doing some- ana- I was this fucking 15-year-old kid, right? Doing all this analysis, talking to these other people who I assume were adults. And I had these other questions on Yahoo Answers that were uh, kind of sad. That The kind of questions that like a 15-year-old- I was like- um. Uh, on on another topic on Yahoo Answers, I asked this question. It's so fucking sad. But like, I was like, "Hey guys, I'm really short. I'm a lot shorter than all my other classmates, and I'm scared that I've stopped growing. How do I uh, maximize my growth in these last two years of growing? <laughs> and nothing worked. I'm still a short cunt. But that was one of my questions. And so I did all this analysis on this footy thing, and then one of them was like, "Oi, fucking! I can't remember what my nickname was on Yahoo Answers, but he's yeah, yeah, he yeah. hated my analysis. Like, fuck." Off cunts, ask your usual questions like how to maximize my growth, you fucking gay oh, cunt. And like, it got shit. like all the light, all these likes of all these people who I would usually interact with just being like, yeah, fuck this kid right off. Oh, and then, like, fuck. And then I, uh, yes, changed uh, my first whole username. taste of YouTube, like, yeah, fuck, comment yeah, it was hate. Brutal. And yeah. then I like changed my username and, and tried to come back onto uh, the Yahoo Answers NRL scene a couple of weeks later. It was never the same. I definitely, uh, they definitely got me there. Crabs in a barrel. You got too high. Flew too fast to the sun. Yep. Bit they of, burned yep. you. I was the Icarus of Yahoo. You were the Yahoo <laughs> Answers <laughs> NRL Fantasy, fantasy football. Fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. Man, I'm telling you, honestly, <laughs> I really think it would be extremely entertaining content is you commentating on games on Twitch and then these cunts just being like, what the fuck would you know, Neil? Shut the fuck up. And you just like, hey. Don't make me beard you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe. I it don't really would. Especially also if you could just start. You know how there's just nerds online that debate politics, like your yeah. forces <laughs> and destinies and whatever, right? Come on. You should Debating. do it. Just become a Twitch streamer. It would be fucking hilarious. I'm Don't sure. you think like all of these bogans arguing with you <laughs> and you're getting them on and you're having like <laughs> rational debates. <about laughs> yeah. It would be fucking amazing. Who is the greatest halfback of the 2010s? <laughs> Let's not Thurston this or Cronk. Oh, let's figure this out. <laughs> 
sending in these essays <laughs> just, yes. just to distract yourself from, like, you know, you, the fact that your wife does not want to see you anymore. Oh, <laughs> you know, I hate this because yeah, it sounds so bad. Croc, the legacy of Croc. He won premierships at multiple clubs. <laughs> he won more rings. Oh, fuck. It was more consistent. Probably yeah. was Croc. <laughs> to be fair, uh, nah, on his at his best, th- it was Thurston, but Kronk was the consistent one, which wins it anyway. Neil, no, you but- check out the comments for this because I think that this is a nerd hole that I didn't know existed. I think will be hilarious, and I bet you when you just those few yeah. comments that you said, there will be a lot of uh, are, disagreement. Yeah, man, In there will be. Do it, do it. The, it's the, the NRL it. commentary and like analysis is the way for like uh, you know working class Aussie men to nerd out when you know you know they would have been bullied you know maliciously for like you know passing a maths test in year eight because they went to fucking Bathurst school high school. <laughs> what you fucking know algebra? What are you fucking gay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so that nerd part of them was like bullied out of them, and so they can be like, "Well, based on my fantasy predictions, I think oh. Mitchell Moses is the relative to his price is the right halfback for 2022." <laughs> he probably is. Yeah. All right, the Eels are a dark horse in 2022. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, bro. Okay, the last couple of years, the Eels have always been up there, never really like you know gone hard in the finals, but they. Almost beat the Panthers, and I think that it's the last years that 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 squad is going to be together. I, I'm telling you, dark horse because they won't. They'll probably be pl- paying good odds. I would put money on the Eels for 2022. That's my pick, right here to win the grand finals. Yeah, as a dark horse. I mean, you always got to put money on Melbourne and and now the Roosters, especially if uh, what's his name, Brandon Smith goes there. But yeah, bro, I reckon must be the something- Eels are the dark horse. Well, look, for me to not know anything about football but know that they've kind of been deprived a few victories that they should have gotten does say something. The other thing is when it comes to the Roosters, the fact that they have such an impenetrable squad surely is dodgy. Like, oh, yeah, who all, follows the, the Roosters? They have that teeny chook pin that gets yeah. smaller every year. They don't have a salary cap, basically. They call it the salary sombrero. <laughs> Uncle Nick. <laughs> That's what they're always saying. On the, whenever it's like Roosters have signed this guy, oh, Uncle Nicky with his brown paper bag. <laughs> they are funny. Like, it's funny. Look at it. Isn't this funny? I'd probably spend Uncle more time Nick. reading the comment sections of like – you know, bloke in a bar or uh, fucking Clarkie's NRL comment. And I just, like, look at the comments and I'm like, oh, this is funny. This is funny stuff. Like, it's way better than any comedy I can come up with. <laughs> yeah. I, look, <laughs> I, I really think that you, this is just wasted opportunity. <laughs> yeah. You could do it. All right. Well, let let me know in the comments. Got to wrap this one up. Do you want to see uh, a cog dog's NRL analysis? 2022. And how amazing would it be if you did it for like five years or whatever and then you, you got so big that Phil Gould would sometimes co-star? Wouldn't that be fucking iconic? Yeah, and he you- just <laughs> take over the show like he does. Does all he? The- yeah, he, he makes all these predictions that are just turn out to be rubbish, but he says it in such an authoritative way. That stupid now, speech that he used it. to do. From the start of the uh, year, I said it. It was going to be a Sharks Roosters grand final. Now, I always knew it was going to be a Rabbitohs mm. and Storm grand final. Well, so he's like the chank Uger of sports commentators. Yeah, yeah, he even looks, he's got the exact same body type, yeah, doesn't he? Does. He does. The- brick, fat brick. <laughs> Man, you know what uh, used to be the funniest 
two minutes of Australian television and I'm so sad that they got rid of it. Or maybe they brought it back. Yeah. But that epic speech that Phil Gould would do before. before Origin. Why did he get rid of that shit, man? That was. It was so funny. It was, and it didn't make any sense. It was always just like, they say the origin players need to have tenacity, toughness, and uh, be able to withstand it. They have to be tough as nails as well. Make sure that yeah, that's what you're watching for in this game. You need to be looking at toughness. That's what I want to be talking about. <laughs> what? It was so good. What are you saying? <laughs> yeah, what are you saying? What was it's it rehearsed? A, you know what it is? It's like a gladiatorial Shakespearean speech with a guy who definitely copped a few too many head knocks <laughs> in his career. That's, like, that's what it is. It's <laughs> On the floor. Yeah, yeah. On the fly, not thought out. Now, all those nights practising, all the drives across the country to play for the rep teams, it all leads up to this. <laughs> Origin football, the Queensland juggernaut, five years in a row and the baby blues. Can they do it? Can they overcome adversity? <laughs> <laughs> this is Origin football. Really cheap, royalty-free epic music. Harvey Norman. <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of like with that. ruins the gladiatorial vibe when it cuts to like an ad for dishwashers. Yeah. <laughs> and also it doesn't go straight in. If they wanted to keep the epicness up, you get a bunch of fireworks to play and then you just hit it and then start. But it goes to the ads. And then sometimes from memory, it just goes back to Sterlo being like, yeah, yeah so uh, we're almost ready to play. Just now look at the condition. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the dressing room. Okay, I kind of get it. When, girl, when girls are always like, oh, man, obsessed with sport. That part I actually get about TikTok. Like, what the fuck? Why do you need to cut to the dressing room? What does that tell you about, like, what man is sitting Oh, yeah, fucking look at those boys training pregame. What the fuck? Like, they're just doing their drills and you've got this exclusive look into the dressing room. <laughs> sitting there. Oh, fuck, yeah. Oh, look at Teddy warming up there in the dressing room. I don't understand that. I really don't understand the, the subtle homoerotic undertones of NRL. Yet they're like mad homophobia. Oh, I'm not yes. fucking gay, can't like. <laughs> but bro, you like look at the muscles of each of these players and and just admire, you know. Oh yeah, Teddy, ninety six kilos of pure quads. <laughs> <laughs> oh nah, fucking vote no, cunt. <laughs> you talking about? <laughs> and the footy show before Aaron came on, from what I remember, was just. Endless footage of them reacting to someone getting fingered in the ass on the field. <laughs> 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 yeah. Here's a compilation of John Hopperati fingering cunts. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of dacking. That was an yeah. endless source of comedy for them. Just be like, oh, yeah, he's so Scott. Bro, it really is. It's, um, yeah, bro. It's fucking, it's funny, man. You get, like, you meet these guys who are just superstars in your eyes and, like, you grew up watching and you think they're just the ultimate athlete and then you meet them. Not going to name names, but, um, you know, think about, a, you know, uh, maybe some content I did relatively re- Oh, actually, no, 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 not a photo I posted very recently. That guy, absolute mad cunt. And all these other guys I met, absolute mad cunts as well. But, like, anyway, you meet these, like, former superstars and they have the sense of humour of basically um, an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> like, it's one guy, I'm doing an ad with this guy. And he's like, um, his, his way to, like, be funny was, like, when the camera wasn't rolling, just putting his hand on my knee. <laughs> I'm like, bro, what are you? Are, you, are we in year four? <laughs> and, then he, and then I got mad and he's like, 
He got mad. <laughs> that guy so makes ten million dollars a year. Old. Yep. And the body of a fucking Greek god. Yeah, yeah. Even at Greek in his god 50s. of King Kong. Having said that, there was another guy there that was just an absolute. Like, he was very smart. He was telling me about the podcasts he's listened to, and man, it was actually very surreal. I was like passing the ball with. Uh, I'll say who this guy was. Like Steve Menzies. It was mad. And I remember this. Steve Menzies was like, "Mate, did you do you play? You got a good pass on you." And I was like, "Oh fuck." Wow. Yeah. What a gentleman. And I was like, oh, no, I played Oztag. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, mad That guy dog. knows mad how to dog. make friends. Yeah. Yeah, great guy. Shout out if he's listening, which he definitely won't be. But uh, Well, how old's he now? Beaver of uh, maybe 40s. 40s. What does he, he do? Uh, does he run a chicken shop or something? <laughs> I mean, fucking who knows? He can do whatever he wants. He probably... Has a massive house in the beaches. Wouldn't that be incredible? I reckon that you'd get heaps of views as well if you and the Butsman started Twitch streaming. Yeah, it would be funny because we're like complete, just opposite looks wise, (laughs) completely. (laughs) But you'd both know so much about the game. I mean, I I'm would telling definitely you, be able to a... do it. I know enough to, like, actually be able to do commentary on a show and stuff like that. Like, I love it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a big fan. Exactly. That's what's so cool about it because yeah. you can see your passion coming through for it and that but translates. everyone gets pissed off when non-players get on those shows. Like, you know, the amount of hate Husey got for going on the AFL show, which, fair enough, it's like, what are you doing? What? I thought everyone thought he was a fucking legend because he was just funny and I heard. Oh, I thought people got mad, pissed off at him because it's like, sorry, I'm we t- want Sam Newman. Fuck you, Husey. Like, oh, I, okay. I the, think the that, mad fans. Yeah, the I, mad think, fans. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, all right. If you're from uh, the other states, was Husey good on the AFL Footy Show? Because this is what I heard from <laughs> uh, Luke. Right, he was just saying that. Okay, everyone in Australia understands and knows who Dave Hughes is. Right? Yes. He is a household name. Yeah. But he's an institution in Melbourne. And it was because of the footy show. Oh. It's because everyone watches oh, maybe it. I'm wrong. And then. yes, there was obviously going to be that contingent of hardcore fans that would just be like, mm, just make these serious and whatever. But th- those people always want everything to be really serious. It's the same thing with me with politics. They're always like, well, you have to make all these jokes. It's like, because you are 10% of the audience. The other 90 fucking percent don't want to just have this dry dissection of basically the 7.30 report, except for from your view, you know? They need you in a wig. They need me in a wig. They need and you in I a think wig that doing that's accents, what he, Yeah. I think that's what fucking Peter Hellier and uh, Husey added to the footy show there, which was so stupid when it came to the NRL show here because it was like, who is the comedian? Maddie Johns with his bring back the beef character. And to be fair, though, he was he's, he was pretty good, man. Like, Okay, okay. Not many know. comedians can pull off the NRL footy. Like, NRL fans fucking <laughs> will be pretty brutal. All right. Like, actually, to be fair, that's how Carl Barron got famous, you know? He did a set on the NRL footy show and just blew up from there. Mm. Everyone then bought his DVDs and then he mm. became an institution in the country. That's actually how he got famous. And ever since then, every comedian on the NRL footy show has been trash. And I, I would probably be too because because Fatty Vaughan's there up the back going like, 
Oh, 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 awkward. <laughs> and like it, the camera keeps cutting to Fatty Vorden <laughs> looking unimpressed. No, that's so you can't, fucking brutal. You can't like make, be funny on there. Oh. So they don't even have comedians or they actually, no, the, uh, what's his name? The, um, the professor and Barney, they're actually good. I know, uh, I know Barney, he's really, he's a really good guy and they're, they're really good. Basically the Fox Sports content Way better than the channel. The Channel Nine content sucks, man. It's but garbage. The Channel Nine content is non-existent now, right? Now it's just commentary. Yeah, I mean Isn't they did some gone? like Thursday, like Macca's Thursday night wrap up, and they got that fucking James Bracey guy that they all just bully. It's so funny. <laughs> like <laughs> Brad Fittler and Joey are always just bullying this guy. It's so good. <laughs> like they just because. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have those up in the North Shore, right? Like it's, anyway, I got to. This is probably everyone from fucking Victoria and WA and and Tasmania has definitely tuned out. So, I think we're going to wrap this one up. All right, all right. I think uh, it's been a good talk about the metaverse and the NRL. I think so too. It'd be a great title for a podcast: the metaverse and, and the, the NRL. NRL. So, how will it affect the NRL? <laughs> I, I fuck metaverse sports. Damn, you actually could have your fantasy football teams there. Oh, you'll actually get to watch your fucking fantasy team play another anyway. We've explored that Look, enough. I know that I've said this five times already. I know this is like Isaac Butterfield pestering to make the Labor Shield shirt, and I will, but you've got to look into it, man. You'd kill at it. You would kill at it. The NRL, I yeah, would be maybe. really, really excited to watch that content. I really would okay. be. Because you know the what else? You know what I'll else? One, no, I'll say okay. one more thing on this. Yeah, I'll yeah. say one more thing. <laughs> Roy and HG used to do the grand finals on Triple J. They used to do, and yeah. it was an institution for like 20 years. And everybody in the country, not everyone in the country, obviously, but like it was a big thing. You would turn down the commentators on the AFL and the NRL and you would listen to Roy and HG commentate the game. Right. And it was fucking hilarious. The only thing is like I'm actually- an autistic nerd when it comes to NRL. So are they. So I'm not going to like, I'm going to be there like, well, I'm just going to stats on this guy. Like I'll be that guy who's doing politics, who's just uh, criticizing the 730. <laughs> I'll be doing that for NRL. And it's like, here we have the comedian. And they think I'm going to do some jokes. I'm like, well, as you, as you can see, I think, um, you know, George Burgess's stats this season. <laughs> is he really worth the $400,000 price tag that the Dragons have paid for? It? I don't know. I don't but think so that's... from listening to this, though, man. I honestly think that you are very acutely aware of how inherently hilarious the NRL is. Yeah. And, you know, man, it is it is a niche that is just dying to be filled ever since Roy and HG kind of just fucked off. All right. It's there. Well, I'll definitely think about it, guys. My friend has been pestering me to do an NRL uh, podcast, and I've always been like, no, 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 I've Twitch, got Twitch, no time. Twitch. Twitch. Yeah, I've always but you wanted watch something the games to do anyway. <laughs> watch the games anyway. Just flick on Twitch. I just didn't got to. I like just sitting there. And like taking in the fucking Holy the shit. stats. Okay, all right. Now <laughs> no, that's a fucking man. I'll think about it right there. Uh, all right, and and, and the what, person dude, who came to my amazing? show, by the way, Sam Burgess, was actually at our Sydney show the other week. He just walked in in, in the second half, and he was like, "Oh, it was good." I can't do his accent, but like, but he fucking he fucking gigantic human being. Uh, he won SAS the last season of SAS unit. Yeah. So if we made him laugh, we can make anyone laugh. So come to come to the Sydney show if you're in Sydney. You know, don't be 
a pussy with this Omicron thing, just fucking come. You're going to get it anyway. And similarly in Melbourne, come uh, February 6th and go see Jordan live. Whenever that is. Whenever that is. He doesn't know. I don't know. Go on his website. Um, we, uh, we did a podcast with Isaac recently. Check that one out. And thank you for watching. Happy 2022. I know this is the third podcast of the year, but uh, pff, whatever. <laughs> See you next time, guys. Peace.